You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Hello and welcome to Sundays at Home. Uh, this is Pastor Dan here, and I uh, hope everybody's doing all right. I just want to start by sharing one of my uh, one of my favorite movies with you. If everybody's been watching movies right now, and if you've been watching movies, I've watched a few here and there. And one of my favorite movies is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know if you say Caribbean, Caribbean, I say Caribbean, you can say it however you'd like. But one of my favorite movies is Pirates, uh, and uh, Captain Jack Sparrow is one of my favorite characters. If you haven't seen the movie, they're entertaining, they're fun. Um, I'm talking about the first one, the first movie, the other ones, eh, they were alright. But the first one's really good, really good, probably my favorite. And uh, he was left in, in this movie, he's a pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow, he's this dirty old pirate. And uh, in, in the movie, he's left stranded on, a, on an island by another fellow pirate, um, he had, he was the captain, and there was a mutiny, and they they left him there. And this other this other pirate who left him there was named Barbosa, and so the movie you know talks about them. And at one point in the movie, uh, they they meet up, and Barbosa is is shocked. He says, "How did you escape there? I left you stranded on a desert island." And he says, "It's it's not possible." And Captain Jack, one of my favorite lines, he just looks and goes, "Not probable." It's just one of my favorite lines. In addition to being just a, a grammar, you know, star, um, he's also got a flair for the dramatic. And I just love that. I just love that moment, right? It's, it's not possible. Not probable. And it's just a fun, a fun little interchange. And it reminds me of another movie that I really enjoy. If you haven't seen The Princess Bride, do yourself a favor. Go check that one out. I know it's not new kids, but it's really good. Um, and also, interestingly enough, involves another pirate, the pirate, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts is his name, and uh, he wears a mask in the movie, and just so you know, he does proph- prophesy in that movie that someday the whole world will be wearing masks, so it's probably a really timely movie. He says, I find them terribly comfortable. Um, so anyway, uh, he displays this tremendous skill and strength and, and wit and wisdom and all sorts of different uh, different ways throughout the movie, and there's this one character named Vizzini, and every time... Uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts uh, beats him in a challenge. He says this the same phrase, the same word over and over again. He goes, inconceivable. So that's that's inconceivable. And he kept saying it over and over again. If you watch the movie, it stands out. You can't miss it. And I just love that. There's just something about that, uh, the mystical, right, that captivates us. There's something about that uh, movies, the fantasy, the, the magical, right? It captures our imagination, and we love we love stories where the unexplainable happens. It's just a lot of fun. It's just, it's really cool. Um, and then the movie ends, and we're left with an empty bag of popcorn, and we have to go to the bathroom. And back to reality, right? Credits roll, we're over. You know, you're no longer on the high seas. You're no longer, you know, in some other world or land. You're, you're back home on your couch or wherever it is watching the movie. Uh, and, you know, life's just not always magical. It's not always fantasy. You know, it's a lot of reality. It's a lot of logic. It's a lot of the mundane, same old, normal, uh, all sorts of stuff. And... Um, we're in the middle of a series right now. We just started on our core values. Uh, last week we talked about uh, how today is a new day, right? And that today is a, a day where we find every day anew we find grace and mercy uh, for us, that God's got new stuff for us every day. So we don't have to despise the days, but we can appreciate and, and be glad for every day that we have. And today is another core value. These values sort of shape and mold who we are as people. It's what we're about as a church. It really captures our heart and, and guards us, really. It keeps us on the right path. And uh, today's core value I want to talk about, it's, it's the value that says anything's possible. Anything's possible. And this is really where the, the magical and the mystical 
collide with reality. That's really what this value is about. It's where the, the not possible, where the inconceivable, right, where those, uh, where they meet up with not probable. And, uh, and you know what, very conceivable. I'll get to the camel in a minute, so if you've seen the picture, you know, I'll explain that. But this may be one of the most important values that we have. Um, it's foundational. It's about faith. It's about a root system. Uh, for you know, it's what keeps us. It's that really that core value for us. But it's interestingly enough, perhaps one of the, the least lived out values. Um, and and as I explained, maybe maybe we'll explore a little bit more why. Um, but I, and I think here's I think here's part of the problem. Uh, you know, we there's space between what I believe God can do, right, and what I believe God will do. Right? There's space. I believe God, anything's possible. God can do anything, but there's space between what I believe God can do and, and what God will do, right? So let's get to that camel for a minute. Just what's, what's, what's that all about? So in, in, uh, in, I think it's, uh, Mark, yeah, there's a story about, uh, Jesus. A rich man comes to him and says, hey, you know, Jesus, what do I gotta do to be saved? You know, what, what can I do to earn my, my, my salvation? And Jesus says, alright, well, if you wanna earn it, and remember, rich man, if you wanna earn it, he says, sell everything you have and come follow me. Sell it all. Because Jesus, again, always going for the heart. Because this rich man, right, what he cared about, he cared more about the money than he cared about actually being saved. It was just, how do I, you know, get my golden ticket? And man goes away sad, and the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they're surrounding him. And Jesus has some observations and some thoughts, and he shares it right here. Mark chapter 10, verses 23, and we can read it here. It says, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And this amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, he says, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. And who in the world can be saved, they said. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. See, Jesus wasn't, you know, he was saying here, a camel, I don't know if they had sewing needles back then. I think about, you know, camels and things like that. We don't really know the metaphor of exactly what that meant about a camel going through the eye of a needle. I mean, today, obviously, if you have to think of a tiny little sewing needle and a big old camel trying to get through that, and you sit there and go, man, there's no way that would ever happen. I could see why they'd be like, oh, man, that's impossible. Uh, it could have been that same reference back then. I'm sure they they had sewing and things like that. Uh, but it could have been another reference, too. There was a, there was a gate to the city that was called... Um, the eye of the needle, and perhaps, you know, it was, a, it was a small one, you know, maybe I could get through it, you know, little guys like me, but maybe not, but maybe definitely not a camel. But regardless of what the metaphor meant, whatever it, whatever it was, it was so impossible that they said, that's just not possible, nobody can do it. It's impossible, and, and that's the point, right? Salvation is impossible to attain on our own, absolutely. Every time you see a camel, guess what? Camels ain't going through the eye of the needle, whether it's a small gate or a little thing. Either way, they're not getting through. It's not possible. I can't, right, save myself. You can't save yourself. It's just not possible. Nobody can. But God says, listen, what's impossible for you, I can do. I can do that impossible thing. So God can make sinful us right with a perfect and pure God. He can do anything, right? Anything's impossible. What's impossible for man is possible with God, right? And I, so there are things that I believe God can do and that he will do, right? He can reveal himself to everyone who seeks him and he will, right? I believe absolutely. If you seek God, you will find him. I believe that God can give us wisdom for today, and he will give us wisdom for today. I believe that God can give us peace in any and all circumstances, and that he will give us peace in any and all circumstances. That he can work for good in this season, and that he will work for good in this season. See, there's things I believe that God can do, and that he will do. right? But then there are things that I believe that God can do, 
And I don't know if he will. I really don't. I believe God can stop all this right now. Absolutely, I believe God could stop it all right now, but I don't know if he will. I believe God could heal everybody who's sick right now, in a moment. God could heal them all. But I don't know that he will. Right? I, I believe there are many things that God can do. I believe God can do anything. And there are things I, believe, I wish God would do. But there's a whole lot of things I don't know if he will. And just because I believe he can, and I don't know if he will, it leaves me kind of hanging in the tension. Hanging in between. So what do we do with that? Right? What do we do with that time in between where we say, God, I believe that you can do anything. But I don't know that you will. And I don't understand why and how this all works. So how do we live in that in-between place? How does this faith thing work when we know what we believe God can do, but we don't know what he will do. What do we do with that? See, most people would define faith as uh, what believing and what you can't see, right? It's what you, what you can't see, but you believe in anyway, right? That's faith, right? Maybe a God or a, a worldview um, or a way, a way to see the world, right? Or, or maybe the absence of God. It's, it's what you can't see, but you believe anyway, right? That's what faith is. You have to have faith, right? Because you you don't need faith for things that you can see, right? If it's right here, right? I, the plant's right there, right? I don't need faith for that. I can see it right there. I can touch it. I can verify that it's there, right? There's all sorts of things that though, that we believe and, and we can't see, right? I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here right now. I believe that heaven is real and waiting. I believe, right, all of those kind of things that God knows every one of us. I believe these things. I can't see them. I can't prove them, but I believe them. And that is faith. That's absolutely faith, but faith is a lot more than that. It's not just what you believe or what you say you believe, right? Hebrews 11 is a really important passage for us, uh, for anybody of faith. It's actually the Bible's definition of faith. And faith is, uh, you know, listen, we got Webster's Dictionary, and that's good and all. But Matt, straight from the voice of God, God tells us the definition. Bring it on, God. Tell me what the, what the definition is. So here's what we read. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We get the, the heavenly definition of what faith is. And here's what it says. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. See, faith is the reality and the evidence of what we can't see. It's not just the idea of what we can't see, but it's the proof. It's the hard proof, evidence, the reality. It's, it's that observable, objective thing right there. Faith is not just an idea. It's actually proof of what, we, of what we can't see. It proves it. Faith by itself, belief by itself isn't enough. It's not just belief because you can, you can believe whatever you want and it won't change a thing. But you can believe anything. Um, what gives faith its power is, that, is when it's proven true. When you believe in something, and then it, it comes through or it delivers. Oh, man, that's power right there. Likewise, it's, it's, it's what neutralizes faith, right? When, when we believe in something and it fails us, that's when it falls apart. That's when our faith diminishes and it, it disintegrates, it dissolves, it goes away. So let's get back to our core values just for a minute. Right? We believe that anything is possible. Anything is possible. So let me ask you, where is that being proven true? Where's the evidence? Where's the, where's the hard value that anything's possible? Right? Where's, that, where's that hard evidence? Right? Where's, the, where's the reality of that? Where are the impossible things? Where's the inconceivable things? Right? Where are you seeing that? Let's be honest. Right? Faith promises that all the time. We, anything's possible. We believe it. Yeah, we believe it. Right? But if we're really honest, it can feel like we rarely see the impossible happening. We talk about it. We say we believe it. 
but it's rare that we actually see impossible things. We can find miracles in the little things, but where are those big things? Those things that are unexplainable, that, that blow our mind. Like, man, I, I can't explain that. Right back in Jesus' day, we had healings and demons coming out of people, and he's walking on water, right? And food multiplying. These are unexplainable things. Where are those unexplainable things in our culture, in our world, in our experience right now? We say we believe it, but where are we seeing the evidence of it? Where, where are they? And, and the question I have is, why doesn't God do them more today? Why don't we see them more? It's really interesting because I think God is asking us the same exact question. Right? Through James, through the, through the brother of Jesus, uh, the half-brother of Jesus, they had different dads, um, we read this, James chapter 2, verse 14. And this is a question from God, maybe, to us. From a question God is asking us about, about faith. About where is the evidence of faith? And here's what he says. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. And you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm. Eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And skip down to verse 26. And he says this, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So let's want to be clear for a second. This is our faith. This is not God's faith. God doesn't need faith. He doesn't need faith for anything. God can see everything. He knows all. He's got, he doesn't need faith for a single thing. God sees it all. Time, space, everything. He sees it all. So this is our faith, not God's faith. So God doesn't need to prove his faith because everything is his sight. He sees it all. So this is our faith. So in order for our faith to have hard evidence, right, we need to put it into action. Our faith needs to be acted upon to have hard evidence, to have proof, to show up, to be realized. Faith by itself, just that belief, is not enough. We actually need to take action. So how do we do that? How do we act on faith? And I'm so glad you asked that question. I can hear you. Thank you for asking that. Here's the deal. Jesus had just done a miracle in front of his followers. And they were like, hey, I want to do that. That's pretty cool. How do, I do, how do we do miracles? It's just the same thing, we're, same thing we're asking now. How do we do those miracle things, Jesus? And in Matthew 21, Jesus tells them, he says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like I'm doing and much more. He says, you can even say to this mountain, ready? May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything, he says, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Again, we read in James, the brother of Jesus here again. He says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. He says, are any of you happy? Sing praises. That's good. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith, in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. So let's listen. When we pray prayers of faith, here's what happens. Mountains move. The sick are healed. Hardships erased, sins forgiven. Okay, let me tell you, those are some unexplainable things. Mountains moving, that's pretty unexplainable. The sick just healed instantly, unexplainable. Hardships gone in a moment, unexplainable. So here's what I just feel like God impressed upon me right now. Right? If you need an action step for your faith, today, right now, wherever you are watching this, if you need an action step for faith, here it is, ready, pray. 
pray. Pray a prayer of faith. Right? Captain Jack Sparrow, quote him again, right? It says, if you're waiting for the opportune moment, this is it. If you are waiting for the opportune moment, this is it. Do not let it pass you by. Prayer acknowledges that we can't, but He can. See, prayer activates our faith. It puts our faith in action. Right? It acknowledges, because we're even by its very, by its very behavior, faith, that prayer is faith-filled. Because we're talking to somebody that we can't see. But we're, hey, you've got to be real. I'm, I'm declaring that you're real. I'm speaking it out. I'm, I'm, I'm either I'm crazy or I believe this. So I'm going to act by actually opening my mouth and talking. And not just talking, but I'm going to ask you to do things that are impossible. Wait, listen, it's not a huge step. If I'm talking to somebody I can't see, why not ask them big things? Let's just go for it, right? If we actually believe that anything's possible and we're talking to a God we can't see, who we believe is all-powerful, let's ask big. It acknowledges that we believe He can. And we have no idea if He will or not. But we're comfortable leaving that decision up to Him. right? I don't want to not ask God because I don't know if He wants to or not. Listen, God is big enough to make those decisions. I'm not going to not ask simply because I don't know if He will or not. I'm going to ask. Right? My job is to ask. His job is to figure out if it's right or wrong to do. Right? But I'm going to ask and I'm going to ask big. Answered prayers are the undeniable result. They're the undeniable evidence of our partnership with Almighty God. Right? We ask. He does. Miracles happen. Everybody sees it. That's how it works. Miracles. There is room. Now, there's room. Listen. There's room to not know what you believe. And say, I don't know how to pray. I don't know if I believe that. That's okay. But there is not room to say, I believe this, but I, I, I'm not going to ask. There's not room. Then you don't actually believe it. If you believe and you're not asking, what do you call that? If you believe God could change something, but you're not willing to ask, what do we call that? What are we doing? We're abdicating our responsibility. We're negligent. We're failing. Right? If we want to see God move in ways that we believe He can, but that we haven't yet seen, which I'm right here, right? If you want to see God move in that miraculous, in that unexplainable, impossible way, if you want to see God do those things, then we're going to have to pray in ways that we haven't prayed before. If I want to see God do what He hasn't done before because I haven't asked Him, then I'm going to have to pray in new ways. And it's not about necessarily praying harder. It's just, what are we praying for? We often say that we don't pray because we don't have time. Boy, I don't know where you're at. For, not for everybody, but for many of us, that excuse has been wiped away. There is, listen, we got time to pray. We got, you got time to watch all that TV. We got time to, you know, take a walk. Hey, we got time to pray. We've got time. Right? If we believe that the impossible is possible because God says it is, and we believe Him, that our prayers need to reflect that. Nelson Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it's done. It always seems impossible until it's done. Anything's possible. Let's go in prayer to God. If you're not praying things that are impossible, I, I just want to suggest you're not praying big enough. Mark Batterson, again, we've quoted him several times in his book, uh, On Prayers, says this. He says, bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He is offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, this is strong, it says if your prayers aren't impossible to you, they're insulting to God. Are we giving God a chance to be God? 
Because faith requires us to enact it, to, to, to release it. So let me ask you, what are you praying for? Show me what you're praying for. Show me what you're praying for, and I'll show you how alive your faith is. That's what it comes down to. Put, faith, prayer is the action step of faith. I'm feeling moved. What if, this, what if this season of life for us unleashes one of the largest movements of prayer in human history? What could happen if we all began to actively pray for God to do God-sized things? What if we actually began to pray like that, for big stuff, for, for numbers to suddenly drop, for healings to just, just start popping up all over the place, for, for miraculous healing, for provision to occur that defies logic? I've heard people suggest that this time may lead to an increase in divorces because people are spending time together. What if we prayed that the tension within families was supernaturally placed, replaced by love right now that heals and covers years of hurt, that people emerge from this healthier and more whole and more together and more loving? Listen, I, I, I don't care what somebody prognosticates about relationships. I have a God who can do the impossible, and when I pray to him, I want to see my God do the miracles. So I'm going to ask. Right? I want, I want to pray that, listen, people are saying this is, this is, this is hurting churches all over the place. That this season, the churches, people can't gather. It's awful churches. Let me tell you something. What if we prayed that in this season, God would let more people hear and more people receive and respond to the love of God than ever before because all of a sudden access is unlimited. Everybody has access to these messages, to the truth, to the love of God. I want to pray that way. What if we prayed that brand new doors of sharing the love of Jesus would open to our community in this time? Jesus said that he is the way, the truth and the life. He is the way. We prayed, right, something new. We believe that God said he's going to make a way, right, a pathway through the wilderness. What if we prayed that in this wilderness, Jesus would become the way through for people? Miracle stuff. Instead of accepting fear and depression and anxiety and, and discouragement as an inevitability, what if we began to pray for joy and hope and an unexplainable sense of peace just to saturate our homes and our families and our neighborhoods and our community? The most impactful, here, please hear this, the most impactful decision that you will make today, that you'll make this week, that you will make every day for the rest of your life, the most impactful decision you will make is what? And who you're going to pray for. It's the most impactful decision that you will make. Because it releases God to prove what we believe he can actually do. God is, we're sitting there saying, God, if you're sitting there saying, God, what are you doing? I'm waiting for you. Maybe God is just sitting there saying, hey, I'm waiting for you. I'm willing to do all this stuff. Just ask me to. You don't have because you don't ask. Let's ask. Let me tell you, Alexander the Great, one of history's greatest leaders, man, he says this. He says, I am not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. He says, I'm afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. Oh, man, that just resonates inside me. See, Jesus called the lion and he calls us the sheep. Alexander the Great says this, I'm not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. What I'm afraid of is an army of sheep led by a lion. Who are we? Jesus says we are his sheep. He calls us his sheep. He's the great shepherd. He's also the lion of Judah. And if he is leading us, what could God accomplish through a bunch of sheep, through a bunch of nobodies, right? What can, who believe that we're being led by somebody 
What if the church actually took God at his word? Anything is possible. I'm sorry if I'm fired up today. This is probably one of my my most... Mm, it just gets me fired up, church. This is, this is one of those things. Are we who we say we are? This is not just a game. It's not just a moralistic, nice life. I'm telling you, there's something about faith that if we believe it, we need to be consistent and live it out. What could God do through a church that would rise up and pray? If we really believe God can do anything, then we need to pray like it. And there's no better time than today than right now. If we'll devote ourselves to prayer, I'm confident that the not possible will be done. Will be done. And that the inconceivable will be undeniably done for everyone to see. It will be very conceivable. Everybody will see it. We will see miracles. Anything is possible. Two action steps for you. We're going to close just a moment here. I'm closing just a moment. One thing first. We're starting a new podcast. Pastor Kerry. It's going to be releasing every Monday. It's called the High Five Podcast. It'll be on our, you can find it on Google, on iTunes, whatever. Just search for Life Tree Community Church. And Pastor Kerry, it's five minutes. It's going to be a short five-minute podcast. You can listen to it daily. You can listen to it every day. Every week it will come out new. But she's going to lead us. It's going to be interactive. Pastor Kerry's going to lead us in prayer. Corporately, you can go listen. You can go on a walk and pray with her, right, with us together, however you want. You can, you can pause it and pray longer if you'd like. Do whatever you need to do. But here's, would you commit to listening and joining with us daily. You can also find it on the website. Sorry, yes, Danielle, thank you, making sure I'm remembering. You can also find it on the website, uh, wearelifetree.com backslash podcast. But would you commit to daily praying with us for God to do the impossible? Would you welcome him in? Listen, I am filled with wonder about what God will do if we would actually invite him in to, to our families, to our homes, to our communities, to our country, to our world, and say, God, do the impossible. Anything's impossible. Let's ask. I know that he can. I don't know if he will. But I'm, I'm gonna, not going to be the one that gets in the way. I'm going to fling wide open those doors. I'm going to let God come in. So that's the first action step. The High Five Podcast. I want you to go check it out. It'll be releasing uh, Monday. Every Monday you can go and check it out. And second, let's just pray now. Can we pray now, church? Would you just join me in a prayer as we close today? Heavenly Father, I thank you. That you are the God who does what we cannot do. Or that though we are but sheep, though we're powerless, or that you activate our faith and you prove it, Lord. You don't just let us sit here hoping and hoping for eternity, Lord, and never seeing the evidence. Lord, there are things that we will hope that we will not see in this life. We will not see our full uh, redemption, our full salvation until we're in heaven. We won't see forgiveness. We'll, we'll still always be in this body. Lord, there are things we're going to wait on, but there are things that you desire to do here and now that are unexplainable, that are impossible for us, that are impossible for everybody else except you. And so, God, we welcome you here to do that. Lord, I pray right now that we would see a drop, Lord, in the numbers. In this week, Lord, that we would see a drop in the numbers, Lord, that are unexplainable. Lord, I pray that you would heal, that we would heal stories of people in our hospitals, at UPenn Princeton Hospital, at Robert Wood Johnson, Lord, at, at, at Hopewell, Lord, all the hospitals in our area, Lord, in Trenton and every, everywhere there's a hospital, that we would just start to hear stories of people miraculously recovering without explanation. Lord, would you just begin to pour out healing on people? Lord, I, pr- I pray for stories to come, Lord, that as we begin to speak out, Lord, that you would heal, that you would restore, that you would do the impossible. Lord, I pray for families restored. I pray for 
for miraculous provision for people. Lord, I pray Lord, for those who are financially tight right now, Lord, that you would provide in miraculous ways, Lord, that as we're faithful to respond and trust in you, God, that you would provide miraculous provision right now, Lord, for, for Lord, relationships that are broken, Lord, that marriages and families would be healed and restored. God, would you do it right now? If there's somebody right now and they're dealing with something, it's, it's weighing right, right now, they can feel it on their heart right now, they feel heaviness. Lord, I pray right now that you would just speak to that thing and do a miracle right now. Or whatever they, whatever we, we're, they're, they're hearing right now that's just impossible, do it. Do it. Whatever they're in the mind, they're saying, I can't be done. God, you can do it. I ask you to do it. Lord, give us that evidence. Let our faith become our sight. Here and now, on earth, as it is in heaven, Lord. We believe you can, and so we open the door. You are mighty. You are awesome. We love you, God. Thank you. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you, church. Can't wait to see you again soon. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.